Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hello, Susan. How are you today? Hi, Chandra. I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, although it is a little humid here today, which is not my favourite, so I'm feeling a bit sticky. It's beautiful here in Melbourne today, so uh, thankfully the air quality after all these bushfires is quite good today. Um, So, yeah, looking forward to chatting with you today. Well, that's fantastic because I'm very excited to be talking with you too, knowing that this conversation is part of the interview series, which is designed to share some stories of real life women who have made significant career change from what they used to do to what they do now to try and balance out the fact that we tell ourselves very often that once we get to a certain stage or age that it's too late to make change and I'm wanting to share stories of people who have made a change after 40 and how they did it and I only know little bits about your story so far so I can't wait to get into it but maybe you can start by telling us what is it that you used to do for work and what do you do now? Sure. So I studied um, a business degree and so I majored in accounting. So I worked in corporate for uh, close to 20 years, probably more than 20 years, as a management accountant. That sounds very fancy. Fancy. (laughs) It was was a lot of work. Um, You know, corporates, really busy, quite... I was working in FMCG, so... Um, everything needed to be done quite speedy. Um, so it was long hours. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my son when I was 39 years old and uh, when I had him, I I went back to work and I felt conflicted. Mm. When I was at home, I felt like I needed to be at work hitting deadlines and when I was at work, I just wanted to be with my son. <laughs> So I had nine months of that conflicted time and I decided, no, I was going to uh, stop work and concentrate on being a mum and being at home with my boy. So I did that um, and uh, unfortunately two weeks later I went to my GP and said, oh, you know, I'm not feeling great. She And I said, oh, by the way, my... um, left breast is aching and she said oh let me examine you and she found a lump in my left breast oh no so I um, had to go have tests done Um, my son had just turned 15 months old Um, and here I was (laughs) you know it was meant to be a beautiful time where I was spending all this time with my son and lo and behold two weeks later I was diagnosed with breast cancer oh my goodness Susan, that's full on. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, here I was at 41 just going, oh, it can't be breast cancer, (laughs) you know. Mm -hmm. And so I went through 12 months of chemotherapy and treatment. 
uh, two rounds of surgery and at the end of it, my oh, actually while I was going through chemo, my partner said to me, you know, we've always dreamed of going overseas and living overseas for a few months. Why don't we aim to do that once you finish treatment? So we did plan to do that and then in um, the, the following year once treatment was all done, uh, we went and lived in Italy uh, for about three months. And oh, in fact, wow. it was an amazing time. My son had his third birthday. Yeah, his third birthday on the Cinque Terre, and he still remembers. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what, the Cinque Terre is pretty hard to forget. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, that year, my partner travels a fair bit for work anyway. And so my son and I took the opportunity to travel with my partner that year as well, wherever he was going, which was, you know, <laughs> tough places <laughs> like San Francisco. Oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it was just awful. So, um, we um, probably spent about six months of the year travelling that year and, of course, I was posting photos onto social media and when we got back at the end of that year, friends and family said, you must take up photography. And I was like, oh, you know, friends and family meant to say that because they meant to like your photos. Yes. But um, I just thought, oh, no, you know, I'll just sit with that for a while. It was so far away from corporate or you know anything really that I thought oh, I couldn't really be that creative um but then I just down the local coffee shop you know met this man who was um a local resident who was uh, reading a photography magazine and I struck up a conversation with him and he was into photography and he said you know why don't you come with me to the local camera club and have a look and see if you're interested so I did and I was blown away by photography and I thought this is what I want to do so I actually started um, my son was what three, four years old by this time and I started a advanced diploma in photography of which I have just completed or graduated last year. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thanks very much. So I decided I wasn't going to go back to corporate, especially after uh, treatment and I guess the way I was feeling when um, I just had my son and returned to work. Um, and what I found halfway through the course is that photography was actually helping me feel good and in a way forget about breast cancer wow and so so I realized photography was good for my mental health unfortunately uh, when I was uh, 18 months into my course I had a second diagnosis breast cancer came back and decided to be my friend again so I had to go through another 12 months of uh, chemotherapy and treatment but what I realized this time is that photography or engaging with the arts was helping me uh, and so I realised from that point on that uh, photography is uh, where I was meant to be. Susan, <laughs> you have in like just a few minutes taken us on a complete emotional roller coaster. <laughs> and there's so much about what you've already shared that I really just want to dive into and find out more about. Uh, but can I ask, how is your health now? Oh, it's great. So that second diagnosis was at the end of 2015. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm great. 
um, I'm just about to go through, um, you know, I have yearly checkups now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So everything's good. So good. So glad to hear that. Thank you. And aside from the fact that you've already lived one of my bucket list experiences, which is I really would love to go and live in Italy for three months. (laughs) Uh, uh, That sounds like, you know, that was a real adventure year for you. But I'm keen to sort of dive into that decision that came just before your first diagnosis of deciding to essentially walk away from your long-standing career uh, as, as an accountant and that conflicted time that you had as you shared that when you were at work, you're wanting to be at home. When you're at home, you're thinking about work. What do you think was or was there a turning point moment where you made that decision, I just, I can't do this anymore? Or was it something that built up slowly over time? I think it was something that built up slowly over Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I'm really honest with myself, I I was excited to get back to work after having a baby, but then I... Um, I quickly realised that, you know, I was only working three days a week, that I'd, I'd get home from, you know, doing nine to five or, or you know, I was in a role that it wasn't really nine to five. Yes. And so I'd, I'd, you know, be trying to put my baby to sleep, especially when my partner was travelling for work. I was working these crazy hours trying to get things done when my baby was asleep. Mm. And, you know, six months of that and I just thought I, I can't, continue doing this I didn't have the energy yeah um and it was starting to impact on the relationship that I was having with my child and and my partner Mm -hmm. and so I gave myself three more months of that and I was crying a lot I I was so unhappy and I just thought I just have to I never thought that I wouldn't go back to corporate to be honest right okay but I knew that at that time I I wanted to be with my son. I wanted to give him the best start to life that he deserved, really. Mm-hmm. And yeah. me working was was not working out <laughs> for us as a yeah. family and for, certainly personally for me. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting that, you know, you, your negotiation with yourself about being so unhappy, feeling so conflicted, having to be, you know, doing these crazy hours to be keeping up with work and running the household uh, while your husband's away, etc. But getting, so being in that, you know, pretty unhappy place, as you said, you know, crying a lot uh, and things <laughs> yeah. like that, um, but still saying, oh, I'll give myself another three months. Like it's, yeah. it, it's like, and I can relate to that because I know when I think that I've had a couple of significant career changes, the first one was, a very, very long time ago, I think about 12 years or more ago when I left my job in radio and I tried to negotiate with myself that I'd give myself just 12 more months Mm. uh, and that in that time I would figure out what I wanted to do next and then when I had my plan, then I would leave. Uh, And I've heard and spoken with lots of people that have done that similar sort of negotiation of making themselves stay and push on in a situation that's really not serving them Mm. uh, for much longer than they need to. And so I think it's quite common. The the tricky thing I think is 
how to not pull the ripcord too soon without any kind of plan but mm. but not negotiate with yourself into staying for so much longer than you need to and I'm not really sure what the answer is to that. Do you have mm. any thoughts? Um, I think I think we probably negotiate with, my, with ourselves. I, I guess as you were talking it made me think about why I had that negotiation even though mm-hmm. I was so unhappy and I think, you know, we've put so much of ourselves into our job. You know, I had uh, as you know, if you read through my resume, you go, oh, wow, you know, good on paper. I had extensive experience. I had a degree degree behind me. I worked for lots of great corporate companies. And so it was quite difficult to walk away from all that experience. Yeah. Because, you know, if you, or if I wanted to go into another job, you know, it was great. You know, I had excellent experience that I could walk into, you know, well, it didn't feel it. Now, hang on. Well, yeah, that I could walk into a new job, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's probably driving the negotiation, our internal negotiation, that we have put so much effort into the skills and certainly study as well to kick that off. So it's really hard to walk away from that. I mean, yeah. that's almost part of us, part mm-hmm. of our persona. Mm-hmm. Um, so to then just go, no, I'm going to turn my back on that. It's like, well, what do I turn my back? what do I turn to yes yes and I mean you've touched on there something that I do talk uh, a lot about in my workshops and webinars about how when we get to that kind of crossroad of feeling like I'm not sure I can keep doing this any longer I'm not sure what the next thing is and the thought of the absence of that job Mm. or that title is very scary because we've overlapped part of our identity with yes. that job, with that industry, with that title. And so to even uh, explore the idea of you not having that job anymore, not having that title, it, it feels like there's this massive gap and you don't know what's going to fill it. And so you think, well, I'll just stay here until I figure that out. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. And, and I think, you know, there's also that thing about being good on paper and thinking, okay, how am I setting myself up for the next thing, even though this is kind of slowly killing me. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned earlier that when you did decide to resign, what was the plan at that stage? So you, at that point, didn't even know that photography was going to be part of your next phase of your life. Did you think that you were just going to take some time off to focus on, you know, being a mum and raising a human or did, were you going to get another job doing something different? What sort of thoughts were, did you have about what the plan was or you were just like, I'm out of here? <laughs> uh, both. <laughs> a little both. Okay, great. <laughs> I think, um, uh, yeah, so I, I certainly wanted to have a bit of time out. Um and focus on my son Mm -hmm. but also I thought well instead of having to travel into the city perhaps I could look for a a job closer to home oh yeah that amount of travel um wouldn't impact on me but also that I'd be closer you know especially if my partner was away and let's say childcare called up and said my son was sick it wouldn't take me an hour and a half to get back home get the car and then go and pick him up from childcare. yes yeah just to try and make uh, I guess it easier on me Mm -hmm. but um 
And him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so um, there was a, a few practicalities but not a, a solid plan, shall we say. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you had the, the unexpected curveball of the breast cancer and mm. that, I guess, just uh, opened up a whole different, okay, well, my project for the next 12 months is actually got nothing to do with work. Is it fair to say that that is how things were for you, that you, you had to focus on uh, the, the 12 months of chemotherapy and the treatment and you know, well-being, or were you having any thoughts at that stage about it that at some point I'm, I'm going to be doing something else, or does that just get like shrunk into insignificance when you're dealing with a, a health situation like you had to? Uh, no, I think uh, it's funny because... Um... Uh, someone has I'm not funny I shouldn't say that Sandra but (laughs) (laughs) someone um, that I know has recently been diagnosed and and my advice was you're going to get through this you're going to come out the end and feel like you've just been through a cycle in a washing machine but you will get through it and to be honest that's how it feels and that's what I focused on really it was it was on myself and I experienced an immense amount of guilt, I must say, because, you know, my son was 15 months old and I felt like, you know, he, he's the one that should be having all this attention and yet I I needed help to get through the, the chemotherapy, the surgeries, like my anxiety just went sky high and I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't mother right. in, in, a, in a way. Um, and so, yeah, it wasn't, Really, there wasn't really anything else I was thinking of but getting through that treatment and coming out the other end so that yeah. I was I was there to see my son grow up and be a mum. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it so interesting as human beings how, and, as, and particularly for you as a mother, how you're going through a really personally confronting challenging and what I can only imagine super scary uh, personal situation and yet there's part of you that still manages to feel guilty mm, yeah <laughs> yeah like, totally yeah um and I'm not, I'm not sure you know how you can get around that but um yeah I guess it's just one of those things that you you've got to uh do what you need to do to get through knowing that longer term you want to be there as the mother that you want to be for him. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I want to just quickly uh, skirt back a little bit to ask you when you made the decision to leave the corporate role, how did other people in your life respond to that decision? Were people predominantly supportive? Were people like, what are you doing? How did people, various people in your life respond? Mm, that's a good question because I think, um, you know, our parents are of a generation that stayed in a job for 20, 30, 40 years. Oh, yes, yeah, so you've got to get that gold watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so to be leaving a job after, you know, nine months of going back to work, I was like, what? Are, are you sure this is the right thing? Like, yes. Yeah. And so, you know, it was almost like I had to 
be really sure this is what I wanted to do because I had to also give other people the responses of it's okay, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. So, so uh, parents had some questions, different kind of um, career choice than what they might have either wanted for you or have made themselves. What about your partner? Uh, that's a good question. He he knew how sad, I mm. <laughs> guess, unhappy I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it, we've just had a baby. It's meant to be the yeah. happiest time of your life. We've yes. just grown this human, yeah. and all I could do was just think, "Oh my God, I've got to go to work and just have time away from my son." So he was totally supportive of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He, he was, um, it was funny actually, cause he was away. Uh, and I called him and I said, I think it's time for me to resign. And he was away oh, for two weeks wow. and, <laughs> and he said to me, don't do anything yet. Just wait until I get back. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I'll do that. He's like, just wait. <laughs> so, you know, we had a, a good conversation, um, about it, but, you know, I mean, ultimately it was my choice mm-hmm. um, and luckily we're in a position where, you know, we could go down to one wage. Um, yeah. Yeah, and look, it does make or seem to make such a difference when you have a supportive partner who, again, may not necessarily fully understand but they can see the impact that a, a situation is having on you and to be open to you, you know, exploring, going, okay, I don't know what it is, but it's not this. Um, oh, yeah. Because it, it does make it quite hard, I think, when you are either in a situation where your partner is not supportive or that um, financially the choice just isn't there. Mm, definitely. And I think too for him, uh, he's only ever had one job. Mm-hmm. With with one employer essentially, yeah. well. and so it was like you know he just wanted to make sure that I was happy with what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I do call him the Dalai Lama because he's very um, <laughs> he's very even and measured, and you know thinks things through. Yeah, he's great. It's so good for us to have you know these balancing forces in our life <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. The other part of it, I guess, is um, that question that kicks in about, well, how do, you, how do you figure out what's next for you? So there's a client that I'm working with at the moment who had worked in her industry for oh, 15 plus years and was very good and successful in that industry, but it was a, a pretty toxic culture. And whilst in her younger years, some of that she might have, uh, quite enjoyed and she got to a point in life where it's like actually you know I want something more than this and so she has resigned and uh, it wasn't her plan to resign she was also doing the negotiation thing and, and was meant to be doing for herself like the 12 month I'm going to figure out what's next for me plan but she cracked it one day and just resigned uh, and so I always remember this advice that I heard from someone who said uh, never quit on a bad day if, if you still want to quit when it's an okay day, 
but there's not like some major drama or firestorm that's going on that's you throwing your toys out of the pram, then you can feel more confident about actually this is the right decision uh, to make. (laughs) So I feel like um, your partner, the Dalai Lama, uh, (laughs) actually kind of potentially helped with that, that it wasn't a rash decision that it was like, okay, don't do it today. I'm, I'm back in a week or so. Let's let's talk about it uh, to avoid that situation of making a decision without any kind of plan or, or too rashly. And look, there are some situations where possibly that is the right choice to make. But this client that I'm working with is now really in that uncomfortable space of wanting to know what the next thing is and wanting to get to that point and be there and I can really empathize because I remember feeling that way myself uh, that you just want to get there quickly you want to figure it out Uh, but we I don't think we can rush it unless there is something that uh, you have an idea of and therefore you're going to explore that so for you had there been any inkling of what was going to be the, the photography interest for you? Had you done anything like as a kid or anything like that? Oh, good question. Um, I mean, I'd always had a camera when I was younger mm-hmm. um, and I've always loved travel. And so I think uh, that's why I always had a camera with me. But no, I, I never really had an inkling that it would be photography, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I guess I guess it sort of makes sense now that I'm on the other side. That, yeah, you know, I was always interested in taking photos. Um, my son was born, and you know, I used to always have these little point and shoot cameras. And then as soon as he was born, I was like, right, I need a, a great big DSLR. Oh, I, need, I, I need a serious <laughs> camera for this project. I tell you, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And so every day as a baby, uh, I would take, I don't know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 photos yep. of him. Yep. <laughs> and and looking back now, I was like, oh, you know, it was always there. I yeah. just, um, I guess I was just so busy in the corporate world that it was never something that surfaced yeah. as, as much as it did um, until after I left. Yeah. And that's the thing where exactly as you've said that, it makes sense now and that when you are on the other side and you're looking back, that's where you can sometimes see the threads of commonality between either different roles that you've had or things that you were interested in where you go, oh, I can see how it makes sense now, but it, it just wasn't obvious to me then. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so you've got to allow space for it to reveal itself, I guess, which can be uncomfortable, especially for driven kind of uh, type A personalities that are high achievers and, you know, potentially err on the side of the workaholic um, spectrum, <laughs> which I definitely, I play down that end of the pool. Uh, and so I think that's where, you know, I guess I, I like to inquire about that because, again, I think when people hear that, you know, this is not a... Um, a straight line or oh yes I'm gonna quit that my job and then miraculously this perfect solution is going to present itself that mm. um, sometimes it does take a little bit of of that process of inquiry what about had you ever had thoughts of working for yourself before oh never yeah <laughs> 
never. I mean, I my partner works for himself mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, that's amazing. You know, you set your own hours. If you want to do a load of washing in the middle of the day during your lunch break, <laughs> you can just do it. I just thought, wow, that's amazing. That, that is success right there. <laughs> Doing a load of washing in the middle of the day, you have made it, my friend. <laughs> um, and so... I mean, I certainly liked the the idea of that freedom, but um, I guess, yeah, I, I also uh, incorporate erred on the side of being a bit of a workaholic. Um, yeah. And so I, I always felt that I needed that structure, Yeah, to be honest. Um, you know, I have that structure now, but it's just in a different way. Like I'm, I'm setting the pace. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell instead me- of someone else telling me, yeah. Yeah, so tell me about uh, the work that you do now as a photographer. What what kind of work do you do? Good question. So I I was in my second year, actually, of my um, photography qualification at school and I thought, right, okay, so I've got two years of schooling under my belt now. I want to go out and get paid being a photographer and I couldn't get any work. Mm-hmm. And so I thought... Oh, dear. I know. I was like, oh. No, not going to plan. So I thought, um, how am I going to do this? So I decided to start volunteering. Oh. And and so I got my experience up that way. And it was a great way to start building my networks in the industry mm-hmm. and also trying different jobs that I liked. So I was being a photography assistant for some um, for, for, for some photographer friends I also started volunteering at galleries and I started expanding and realizing that it wasn't just straight photography that I was interested in yes I loved being behind a camera but I also liked being in a gallery and experiencing art and photography as well mm-hmm. uh, so from that I realized um I wanted to actually combine my business skills with my photography skills and um, ideally, so I do work as a photographer now and I was working for a newborn, uh, as a newborn photographer for a while, mm-hmm. um, but I just uh, project managed the graduate exhibition actually for school and it was such an amazing experience and I realised I didn't have to step away from my corporate or my my business skills that I could actually bring the two together. Yeah. And so that's actually helping me uh, now that I've graduated um, with my photography business or and being a visual artist as well. So I submit work into exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the moment my work is... Uh, on exhibition at the Linden Art Gallery, which is just in St Kilda. Um, And I do freelance photography for um, people in the community contact me or friends will ask me um, that I've worked with actually in corporate, believe it or not. Yes, yes. (laughs) Now that we've all got families to do um, family shoots. Mm -hmm. So I love that actually. I love connecting with the people that I used to work with and seeing them now with their kids. Yeah, seeing a, di- and, a different side of them. 
Yeah, and having the opportunity to capture moments. It was interesting when I was diagnosed, all I wanted to do was make sure we had photos of us as a family. Yep. And I feel like that's my um, that's my drive now. That's mm-hmm. why I love photography so much as well, that it captures moments um, and it, it's proof that you exist, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, our, our children were of a certain age that, that we did things together, we created experiences. I love the fact that you have joined these beautiful threads of your past experience and passions to start to create this new work life for yourself that is what it sounds like it's yours by design that you're you know following where your interests take you and uh you know even things like I'm not just staying in the laneway of being a traditional photographer with you know doing pet photography or newborn photography or or whatever but also you know the uh, exhibitions and having your own work and all of those different things but also the drawing on the business skills which I think I imagine would be incredibly beneficial for you and for anyone when you're working for yourself because it's not just about learning how to be a photographer for example it, there's all of the other aspects of how you run a business from things like setting your hours and boundaries of when you're available, when you're not available, when you can put the washing on or, <laughs> you know, you can go for a coffee with a friend or, or whatever. You, st- you still need to be approaching it as a business because that's what it is. If you want it to be an income-generating revenue stream, then it has to be uh, operating like a business. How have Absolutely. you gone adjusting to that? Uh, to setting my own structure, is that what you mean? Yeah, and and working for yourself rather than being an employee. Mm. Wow. Um, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) uh, you know, when exhibitions are about to, uh, uh, to open, I must admit I'm not great (laughs) with uh, the time management because I, I find myself you know, working 12-hour days, day after day, just yep. making sure that every little detail is is perfect. I, I am a bit of a perfectionist and and I like to think that I, well, not like to think, I've, I've probably brought that over from my commercial acumen or mm-hmm. business experience. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I, it's probably a similar structure than what I, to what I had when I was working in corporate, you know, get up in the morning, get my son ready, get him off to school. I go have a coffee, come home, work, lunch, work, pick him up from school and and pretty much that's it. Mm -hmm. Like I I try and make sure that I get as much work as I can done during the hours that my boy is at school. Yep. Um, And then if I do need to do more work at night, which is, you know, um, especially around exhibition openings, um, yeah, I'll, I'll wait until he goes to bed and then get, get back to the computer and do work then. Yeah. And, look, I think that, you, you know, don't be hard on yourself about the fact that, you know, when you're coming up to an uh, exhibition, then, of course, it's a, it's, a, it's a project, it's a peak moment. And as long as you're not operating at that level yeah, true. too often, then, you know, that's part of the ebb and flow of uh, being in business, I think. So 
you know, it's, it's, it's also, I think, about clarifying for yourself about what you want your business to look like. And I've had a few conversations recently with people who have different opinions about, you know, what a business is or needs to be. And the stance that I take or the view that I have is that it doesn't matter whether you want to build your business to have a team of 25 people with branches in every state in Australia or overseas and you're really looking at that kind of much bigger um, footprint as a business or if all you want to do is to be doing work that's meaningful to you, that brings in uh, a, a comfortable or a healthy revenue that helps uh, you continue your love for travel and you're contributing to the household and you don't want to have any employees or you might have you know, some part-time virtual assistants and things. There's a whole spectrum of what a business can look like and I don't feel like any one is more valid than the other. Mm. But do you have any thoughts about you know, when you think about what this business could be, about what it might look like for you? Well, <laughs> so I, it's, it's interesting because I uh, signed up to my photography um, qualification just year on year and so it took me four years to complete it and mm-hmm. I just at the end of every year just kept on saying I'm just going to keep on doing it yep. as long as it remains fun. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I feel like I'm, that's how I'm approaching my photography now and, and the business that just is, I guess, organically coming in. It's like, well... I guess I, hmm, what am I saying, Sandra? I'll reflect back what I think you're saying. And what I think you're saying is that you don't necessarily have this 10-year plan for the business. What you do have is an inner drive of as long as this feels fun, as long as this feels good to me, I'm going to keep going. But I'm also not overly attached that if something else comes up that I'm then drawn to, that you're not going to go, well, I can't do that because I'm a photographer now. True, definitely, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice, That's what you think nice, about that. Nice words, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true because I feel like, you know, with the with the diagnosis and experience that I went through with treatment, like I don't, I don't want to end up in um, an awful job again mm-hmm. after going through such an experience. Yeah. And so I don't want to feel like I'm pegged into something that I – then have to go, oh, well, I've created this, so I have to stick at it because, yes. you know, again, what, what are the options? Yeah, I'm stuck here now. And yeah. look, that I think is a great takeout because I feel like that can be the very thing that keeps people stuck in their corporate job in the first place, that they mm. feel like, oh, well, I've done this for 15 years. What else can I really do? It's too late for me now. There's no point changing now, so I'll just stay in this Mm. place yeah and I think I want to be giving people a rev up that if you've got a little inkling around wanting to maybe do something of your own working for yourself that you don't have to look at it as I've got to have the perfect plan I've got to get it all mapped out and know everything before I get started but to be getting started and to also know that it will evolve it will iterate as you get more information in much the same way as you described that you know you were doing the volunteer work, which got you great exposure to building your network. 
expanding your insights and experience with different types of businesses, different types of photography, and it got you into galleries. Now, you might not have discovered that part of what you love if you had just gone, here's my laneway, I'm a photographer, people book me and I take photographs. Yes, So I think exploring those different aspects and keeping that um, sense of curiosity is a great thing to to keep fostering. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So, Susan, for people who want to find out more about your work or, you know, maybe see your exhibitions that are coming up, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, sure. Uh, So I'm on social media and I'm on Instagram where (laughs) I post work in progress. um, And um, so I've just been away to India. So uh, post images from um, my travels as well. I feel like if I follow you on Instagram, I'm just going to be envious the whole time. (laughs) Is that true? (laughs) I don't travel that much, but I do love to travel. (laughs) Um, you, you know, my my uh, young son starting school certainly clipped my wings. But um, yes. so on Instagram, I'm Susan Brunialti. So one word, S-U-S-A-N-B-R-U-N-I-A-L-T-I. And I also have a Facebook page, which is La Luce Photography. So La Luce means the light in Italian. Oh, so gorgeous. La Luce Photography by Susan Brunialti. Yeah. Love it. And I will make sure that I include those links in the show notes so people can just click on that and find you and connect and have a look at your work and uh, and connect with you from there. Oh, great. What I wanted to just, before we finish up, I want to know, is there anything from a business perspective and working for yourself perspective, is there anything that you would say has been one of the biggest challenges that you've had to face or overcome with with making that transition to working for yourself? Sure. I think the challenge is how do you get experience when you've got none? Yes. That whole chicken and egg thing, isn't it? Yeah, you you know you can do the job. I think you get into your 40s and you've got a lot of life experience. You know that if you've got a problem that you're resourceful, you can work out how to do it, but going into a job with zero experience or going into a job interview with zero experience, that other person doesn't know anything about you. Mm. And so I think that's that has been my personal biggest challenge, getting the experience so that I can even get a job interview or or someone to even go, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll have a look or we'll even consider you for a job. Yep. And um, that still applies, or can I check with you, do you think that still applies when you talk about a job as a as a project or pitching for a client work rather than just a job interview situation? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I think yeah. sometimes people think, oh, when you work for yourself, it's totally different. You don't have to do interviews and, and all of that. But it just, it's, uh, it's just packaged up in a slightly different way, but you're still having to pitch yourself or um, yeah. you'll put yourself forward. And the, it links back, I think, to something you talked about uh, uh, with the importance of building your network. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, people say, oh, yeah, great. You know, I need an event photographer. Show me your folio. And it's like, well, if you haven't done event photography before and you've only got newborns and families, then but you know that you love people and social situations and you want to do event photography, like where or how do you get 
the folios to go out and get paid to do these jobs. Yes. And I think that that's something that crosses over to lots of different industries, not just photography. There's another client that I've worked with who was wanting to transition from teaching into uh, UX design and you know, was faced with a similar kind of challenge that to, to get into uh, different projects and roles, they wanted to see uh, a, a portfolio of work and mm. she, but she didn't have those opportunities. So she had to go and look for uh, opportunities, whether it was volunteering or um, doing pro bono work for people to be able to then get the portfolio to be able to show. And mm. I think that links to one of the big challenges that I see for a lot of people. It doesn't sound like it was the case for you, but that one of the big handbrakes that keeps people stuck doing something that's not really fulfilling for them anymore is the financial side of things and that knowing that it's going to potentially take some time to build up a client base, to build up some experience. How do they earn money? If I have to volunteer or do freebies, how am I earning money yeah. uh, through this business? Have you got any thoughts or perspective for people on different ways they could approach that? Sort of challenges me a bit because it's not, I guess, the path that I've yeah. gone down. I think the, um, it seems like the way that you approached that was embracing the volunteering and to be putting yourself out there in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Because I felt that, you know, I, yeah, I didn't have the experience. So a way for me to get the experience was then volunteer my time. So mm -hmm. then I could start, you know, building up this resume that was going to even start to compare to my you know five page corporate resume yeah. it was like <laughs> how do you get lines on the pages <laughs> yes yeah um yeah so and, and you know what I um started volunteering at a gallery and then you know I think it was six or eight months later they asked me to put in my resume to be a casual um gallery assistant there anyway mm -hmm. so you know volunteer jobs or roles do and can lead to paid work. Yes, for sure. I'm so glad you mentioned that because it leads into another avenue that I think for some people can be a way to go if they're trying to figure out what might be next for them, they're not quite sure, is to take that experimental approach to be curious about things that they might be interested in but maybe they've thought it was just a hobby or you know, just exploring without too much attachment to be starting to look for these opportunities whilst you're still working. And I know that for some people that can be challenging because they're, you know, potentially feeling like, well, I'm already working killer hours. I come home, I've got no energy left or on the weekends, I just want to, you know, flop on the couch or be with the family. But it can be a really good way to start to build your network up and get some experience and some connections before you pull the ripcord on the income that that you're used to yeah absolutely yeah so I, I think that you know is part of working out what is your exit strategy going to be and mm -hmm. you know is it the pull the ripcord I'm out and I'll figure it out on the way down or is it um, I'm gonna <laughs> you know give myself you know these three months these six months these 12 months whatever the negotiation is and how do you give yourself some deadlines and some accountability to actually do the things that you need to do to, to get started with figuring these things out so that you don't just land with a thump 
on the other side of resigning, uh, hoping that, you know, something's going to miraculously just land in your lap and be instantly successful. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's a tricky situation. You're, like you say, you're working crazy hours. You're probably really miserable in a job and you're like, oh, right, so now I've got to somehow get the energy to get some experience <laughs> <laughs> to do a new career. But it's, But, you know, at the same time, uh, as one door closes, so the saying goes, another one opens. So mm-hmm. you, you don't know what's going to happen when you start looking at different avenues. And I think, too, that it can be a source of more energy as well and yes. certainly happiness that you start to make that break. And I think taking control again as well instead of feeling like you're trapped in this role with this company that you're just really not excited about getting up and going to every day. Yeah. And I think you're right that there is, it's like the, they talk about the separate dessert stomach, but I feel it's like a different <laughs> energy source when you're working on something that actually either feeds a creative side of you that you don't normally have an outlet for or that it is just something that you're really fascinated by or interested in that you can tap into that different energy store that you just don't have when you're in your work situation doing the same old, same old, dealing with, you know, a boss who's hideous or steals your ideas or, you know, micromanages or whatever the cultural things might be that you're dealing with, to actually direct your energy towards something very different can be energising. Yeah, stimulating, motivating, definitely. And I think whilst I didn't do it this way because I did the – extended delayed ripcord approach if we call it that um but i think that there's more and more um, particularly women that are exploring a side gig as a bit of a baby steps approach to see okay could this be something that i could do as a uh, a full-time work replacement uh whilst they're still in a, a situation where they've they've got a job and they've got that consistency of income coming in uh, and things like that. And that can be for some people a good way to go. For others, they just never get it off the ground because they're not able to direct enough time and energy and resource into it. Uh, mm. And that can sometimes be where you need some kind of external uh, accountability to guide you and to you know create some deadlines around when things are going to happen because otherwise the time just drifts. Before you know it, it's another year's gone and you're no clearer about what's next or happier yeah or happier or healthier uh when really what we just all need to do is go to cafes drink coffee and look at magazines that people are are looking at at the table next to us because that's what worked for you right (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) Uh, uh, susan is there anything else that we haven't touched on yet that you think that you would like to share that could be a valuable tip or insight for someone who perhaps is considering making a change in their work life to to start doing their own thing something that feels a little bit more purposeful or meaningful to them um I guess I would say yeah you know if if it's a desire if it's a if it's an inkling if it's something that you've felt like you've wanted to do and you've come into your 40s I I just think just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Um, you don't know. I mean, in my situation, I didn't know what was around the corner. And um, 
you know, if I was talking to to my younger self, to my 40-year-old self, there's no way I would have stayed in that job for nine months. Yeah. Um, you know, the first six months I would have gone, right, that's it, done. We're, we're done here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, you know, and, you know, maybe the cancer diagnosis would have happened anyway, but, you know, at least I would have had maybe four or five months with my son before that mm. of, of being a healthy, happy mum. Yeah. But instead I was miserable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think have, have the confidence and back yourself. Yeah, and that, that's another one that I, I notice a lot seems to get in the way is that lack of confidence of, of being willing to back yourself that, you know what, there's a lot that I, I don't know and I won't know but I'm backing my ability to get the support that will help me or to figure it out. Mm. And especially I think, you know, when you're a woman in your 40s, as you said, you have a lot of life experience. Generally, you have a lot of work experience. You're very capable but there's still this nagging voice inside our heads that, that makes us question our ability and I think that's another thing that, you know, I would love to shake out of people so that they can get to that point of backing themselves to at least explore the potential yes. to take a small step, to not feel like they've got to see the whole pathway but just to kind of go, I don't know, you know, if I go to a bookshop, I always seem to go to this section or do you know what I mean? It's those kinds of of inquiries of noticing your own interests that when mm. you get so swallowed up by a job especially at you know a high level management role in a you know corporate environment that demands its pound of flesh we can get so lost in that that we forget and to start to just open up the doors of curiosity to to see what what reveals itself of what other things that you're interested in or uh, that you you know if you're gonna you know go and buy a book or pick up a book what sort of book would it be what what's it about you know being what are the things that you tend to have passionate conversations with people about that other people don't seem to care about as much as you do <laughs> you know <laughs> it's that kind of thing to start of that you know building your own self-awareness as a starting point and you can do that at any stage in your career um with, without having to have the plan of what's next I think yeah if uh, if I'm really honest with myself like Throughout my corporate career, I could probably say I didn't really have many hobbies. Me neither. <laughs> it was just work and on the weekends I was so exhausted I'd sleep until, I don't uh -huh. know, 10, 10 uh -huh. 11 o'clock in the morning and then, you know, catch up with friends for brunch um, and then prepare to do it all over again on the Sunday. Yeah. And this is the thing that I think we get to a point in our lives where we start to notice that and go, is this it? Mm. Is this what my life is going to be? And yeah. I, I remember when I was uh, diagnosed with severe adrenal fatigue, which I'm incredibly grateful for that. For that, It could have been so much worse. Uh, and in the scheme of things, it was, you know, um, nowhere near as challenging as what uh, you were dealing with but I went and met with my naturopath and she was asking me as part of this whole well-being plan you know about hobbies and I remember looking at her like she had three heads and like I was like what <laughs> what do you mean hobbies what are these hobbies that you speak of who, who has a hobby who has time for a hobby and so one of her things that you know of course she gave me all these 
supplements and dietary things and meditation and all this stuff that I was going to do. And she said, you know, I wanted you to start to explore what could potentially be a hobby, something that you do for yourself that's just for you and that brings you a sense of joy. And I, again, I was like looking at her like, what? <laughs> and I came back to her and the next time I saw her, I said, I've had an idea. It's a business idea and it's a website that workaholics go to and they put in all this info and it spits out some suggestions of hobbies that you might like. And she looked at me and she's like, have you just managed to make another business idea out of something that you need to do to get well again because you're working too much? Like, could I just check that? I was like, oh, good point. But I still think that is an excellent idea for a website. <laughs> it is. It's a very good idea. <laughs> anyway, maybe that will be my next iteration of the Transit Lounge will be Hobby Finder. Maybe there is one. I'm going to go look. Oh, Susan, we've gone down meandering streams today. But I really want to say thank you so much for sharing insights into your story and your journey to where you are now. And I just want to say congratulations to you for uh, taking the leap in the first place, for being committed to your own health and your recovery and congratulations for uh, winning on that front. And I really, truly wish you continued good health and I'm excited to see what 2020 and beyond brings for you as you you know continue to explore and evolve what your photography business looks like oh thank you so much it's just been a joy actually talking about it I don't I've only just started talking about it really to be honest in Mm -hmm. a in an open forum about my diagnosis I guess and my um and my history uh, so it's it's been lovely. Thank you. Fantastic. So great to have you on. And I know that people will have listened and got some great insights about how they could potentially get started on their road too. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, that's it for another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. I hope that you enjoyed it and got some ideas that you can apply to your own situation. And if you are considering working for yourself and you feel like your money situation is a factor and is potentially holding you back from making any moves in that direction, then you can go and download my free money breakthrough quiz, which is designed especially for women wanting to transition from a successful career into starting their own business and working for themselves. Now, the one page quiz is going to help show you five money zones that influence how much money you earn and keep both really important things and which one of those five money zones you can focus on and work on to get the biggest results for your situation and you can find that free quiz at thetransitlounge.com forward slash money quiz and I will put a link in the show notes for you so it's easy for you to get and You may have gathered, if you've been listening for a while, that I am really, really passionate about helping as many women as possible to feel confident to make the move into working for themselves so that they can earn great money doing work that they actually love without burning out. So go check out the quiz and let me know how you go and have a great week.